0: Check uh, from the department. I'll start with the DOJ.
1: Is the department uh, represented here, DG? Yeah, yeah, yes, Chair.
2: Um, I am here with senior officials' department and I wanted to also just beg for your indulgences place as well. I needed to make some comments in another meeting, but
1: I'm, I'm here with the colleagues, senior managers. Thank you very much, and your network is better today. Thank you. Um, do we have subs in the meeting? Good morning, Honorable
3: Chair. Um, it's Mr. General Assessor from SAPS, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm also made aware that our colleagues have also been invited, and hopefully, they have joined the meeting from Detective and also VISPO. But myself and also another brigadier from Legal Services, we, we, we are present. Thanks.
1: Okay. Uh, thank you. Maybe just before I proceed to the next department, just to explain, Honorable Breitenbach, <coughs> you're asking an important question whether we should not elect a chair. Um, we did that yesterday, and the explanation was that the, the chair won't be available yesterday and today. So that's why I just continued. I hope that uh, assists clarifying the matter, Honourable Oh uh,
4: Well, n- not really. I wasn't there when you elected the chair yesterday. I joined a little <laughs> later, and so um, if the chair was elected for yesterday and today, that's fine. Uh, that's clear. If it's not clear, we need to elect a chair for today.
1: No. That's just not. what
4: the process requires.
1: It was clarified in terms of the apology it was not going to be available today as well.
4: I'm not interested in so much in the apology as in the election process.
1: Thank you, Honorable Praetemba. Can I get to the Department of Basic
4: Education? Good morning, Honorable
1: you present. You are here.
5: I am here.
1: Okay, thank you. Department thank you. of Social Development. Morning, Chair. Uh, I'm here. Siza Okay, thank you. Legal
6: Aid. Uh, uh, good morning, Chair. Deep Kubana here from Legal Aid South Africa.
1: Thank you. The NPA?
5: Good morning, Chair. Advocate Kari Gamu here from the Soccer Unit of the NPA, as well as Advocate Pierce Smith and Advocate Vuyo Katelo. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Department of Correctional Services? Good good morning, Chair. The
7: Department of Correctional Services is represented by the Deputy Commissioner uh, 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 who is responsible for remand operations management. He's also responsible for the the implementation of the Child Justice Act uh, in the Department of Correctional Services.
1: Thank you. Department of Health. Good morning,
7: Chair. Department of Health is is present, represented by Dr. Pinini from
8: National Department
1: of Health. Thank you very much. That's very helpful. Um, All the stakeholders are present here today. We really appreciate that. Can we have the presentation? And uh, I guess uh, DOJ will lead the presentation. Sure. I've just got
8: my hand up. I just need to note my apology. I need to leave a bit earlier for the Chief Works Forum. My
1: apologies
8: in advance.
1: Sorry, sorry, I did not see the hand. Apologies. Uh, we welcome that. Uh, thank you, Honourable Swart. When that time comes, just uh, walk, walk out. Thank you for that. Uh, can we proceed with the presentation?
2: Uh, Chair, good morning, and Honourable Members, uh, good morning. Um, we'll ask uh, Dr. Baden Badenholz, the Director for Child Justice, to take us through the. Presentation, Charmaine?
9: Good morning, uh, good morning, Honourable Chair and Honourable Members of the Committee, DG Dr. Shabani, as well as the government stakeholders um, uh, present on the platform. Um, first, before I start, I want to just thank the committee for the opportunity to brief and present on the interdepartmental annual reports on the
0: implementation of the Child Justice Act. Can you move the slide? Should I move the
9: slides or...? Thank you. Um, So in the presentation, we're going to provide progress on the implementation of the Act by the various government stakeholders um, that are present on the the platform. The focus will be on the 2020-2021 Departmental Annual Reports tabled by the Minister in terms of Section 963 of the Child Justice Act. Um, we will highlight achievements and challenges and experience in the implementation of the Act and elaborate on future actions to address um, these challenges. Before um, I start the, the, the presentation, it is important to note that the COVID-19 restrictions they will be impacted on the usual patterns of crimes nationwide, and the country recorded a significant reduction in crime figures in general. And this was also evident from the crime data of children in conflict with the law. The, the performance of the current reporting period compared with the previous reporting periods will therefore show downscale outputs puts with limited value. And there is, there is a need to view this report through a COVID-19 lens, taking into account the aggressive impact of the alert levels of the national lockdown on government performance and the socioeconomic landscape in the country. So Section 94 of the Act established the Intersectoral Committee for Child Justice with the responsibility to monitor the implementation of the Act and the the National Policy Framework for Child Justice. The stakeholders who are also members of this committee and submitted report on the implementation um, are depicted on this slide and through the introductions um, we established that all of them are um, present um, in this briefing. Next slide, please. So if we look at the governance structures of the Child Justice Act, we have the Directors General Intersectoral Committee established by Section um, 94 of the Act. We refer to it as the General's, Director General's Intersectorial Committee, um, since the, the members of this committee comprises of the Directors Generals of the various departments, the National Commissioners of Police and Correctional Services, as well as the National Director of Public Prosecutions. We've also established a national technical Intersectoral committee, which comprises of senior officials from the various government um, departments, implementing government departments and institutions. And then there's also provincial child justice for all nine provinces, which um, duplicates the structures, the, the aforementioned two structures. Uh, all these structures are chaired by the Department of Justice and Constitutional Development, And the Department also provides the Secretariat functions to um, all three of these structures. So if we look at the the, uh, Director's General Interstructural Committee, we have the various implementing um, departments and institutions, we've also co-opted legal aid into the structure um, to ensure that we um, have all the role players essential um, in the implementation of the Act. Uh, To to, to judiciary also have a representative on the structure as well as the integrated justice system. Civil society organisations are represented at the National Technical Intersectoral Committee and at the provincial um, fora. So, the the National Policy Framework sets out implementation priorities and strategies to measure the country's progress on the achievements um, of the aspirations of the Act. And the National Policy Framework identified 12 key priority areas, which is utilized for reporting, to measure the um, progress in terms of the implementation. Um, The 12... uh, uh, priority areas are capacity building, methods of securing attendance of children in preliminary inquiries, assessment of children, preliminary inquiries, diversion services, which compromises of both the um, the application of diversion and the provisioning of diversion services. Awaiting trial bail and placement, trials, sentencing, um, infrastructure. Infrastructure management, specifically for the implementation of the Act, resources, public
0: education and communication, and the integrated information management system. Next slide, please. The next slide. Yeah, thank you. So I've
9: started um, this this presentation to fl- follow uh, with the uh, the key priority areas to f- to follow the flow of um, children through the child justice system to give give an understanding of what happens to children um, if and uh, while they are going through the system. And the other key priority areas will be dealt with at the end of the presentation. So um, the first um area that we will focus on is the best methods of securing attendance of
0: children at preliminary inquiries. So um, the police reports of on the number of charges
9: against children, and um, during the reporting period um, 2020 to 2021, 23,663 uh, charges were brought against children. And we can see that from the implementation of the act, there's been a significant decrease in the uh, number of
0: charges against children, but research shows that there is an international decline in child um, offending. So one child can um,
9: be charged on multiple charges and um, multiple children can be charged on one charge. So the South African Um, Police now also provides the number of children charged for us to be able to track the the numbers of children going through the system. In 2020, 2021, 26,789 children were charged by the police,
0: and the decline in the number of children um, entering the system is also clear from, from this slide. Next slide please. Um, the, following, um, the following areas
9: I'm going to focus on is assessments, preliminary inquiries and diversions. So, um, the Child Justice Act um, requires that all children who are arrested or apprehended by the South African police must be uh, seized by um, probation officers in the appointment of the Department of um, Social Development, unless the assessment has been dispensed of. So, in 2020, 2021, 6,979 children were assessed. And if we look at the, the table from 2015, there has been an overall decrease in the number of um, assessments uh, of 16,808. Um, and um, as I stated, the, the prosecutor uh, and all the magistrate can dispense of, of um, assessments, but I think um, this is where the
0: impact of COVID is clearly visible in the reduced number of children entering into the system. Next slide, please. The next one is preliminary inquiries.
9: So, preliminary inquiries is an informal pretrial procedure that is. In- Inquisitorial in nature. The Department of Justice and Constitutional Development provide administrative support during preliminary inquiries and the data that we collect help to determine the profile of children who commit crimes and also assist us in the trend analysis to to ascertain the crimes that children commit. During the last reporting period there there was a 39.95 decrease in the number of new preliminary inquiries and recorded uh, compared with the previous reporting period. And this again um, shows the impact of the national
0: lockdown. Next slide, please. At the ages of children in preliminary inquiries,
9: we can see that only 44 children aged between 10 and 11 years appeared in uh, preliminary inquiries during the reporting period. And this represented 0.5% of the total number of uh, preliminary inquiries that were registered um, during this Period and 17-year-old um, children appeared in 39% of the um,
0: new preliminary inquiries recorded. Next slide, please. This slide um, depicts the uh, percentage um, change in preliminary
9: inquiries registered per age. So we can see that in all ages, um, Reductions in the number of new preliminary inquiries were recorded. The percentage reductions recorded for 10 and uh, 11-year-olds were much higher in comparison to the other groups, and this may be due to the fact that they were were under the supervision of their parents, guardians, and caregivers who were mostly at home during the national lockdowns. Um, Compared to the others, um, children aged 13 reported the lowest percentage decrease in the number of new preliminary inquiries. Next slide, please. So, uh, the outcomes of the preliminary inquiries is depicted on this slide. And 53% of the children that appeared in uh, the new preliminary inquiries during the reporting period were referred to the Child Justice Court for plea and trial, with 16 and 17-year-olds comprising of the majority of of these children. 25% of the new preliminary inquiries that were reported during this reporting
0: period were diverted. Next slide, please. Um, this is the um, top 10 um, crimes registered in um,
9: preliminary inquiries. So, from this slide, um, it is clear that um, assault with the intent to do previous bodily harm continue to be the top charge committed by children uh, appearing in um, preliminary inquiry. And we can see this trend from um, 2015 2016. Um, it is noted with concern that the second top charge was ripe, uh, which contributed to 16% of the total number of charges at preliminary inquiries, um, and uh, uh, that uh, that is something that, that we, as a sector and as a country, should, should address and um, prevent. Thank you.
7: Next slide, please.
9: So, if we look at the percentage change of the top ten charges during preliminary inquiry from the previous reporting period until the current reporting period, there has been a substantial increase in the number of, um, of 55% in the number of right, um charges against children that appeared in in. Uh, Preliminary inquiries, but there was also a a a significant drop in the number of charges of possession or use of drugs from uh, between the two reporting periods, and this must be linked to the Gauteng South High Court um, judgment in the the case the State versus L M and three others, where the Gauteng High Court on thirty one July declared section four B of the Drug and Drug Trafficking Act inconsistent with. The Constitution and invalid to the extent that it it criminalises um, the use or and possession of cannabis by a child. The court also ordered that not uh, pending the uh, completion of the law pre- um, reform process, that um, a child may not be arrested or prosecuted or diverted for a uh, contravention uh, of this specific section, um, but also then highlighted that the moratorium does not um, prevent or uh, prohibit persons from making use of civil processes to ensure that children um, receive the necessary assistance and support for interventions for cannabis um, dependency. Next slide, please. Legal services provided to children in preliminary inquiries by Legal Aid South Africa is um, displayed on this slide. Section 81 of the Act makes it clear that it is not compulsory for a child to be legally represented at the preliminary inquiry, but states that nothing precludes a child from being represented by a legal representative. The Legal Aid uh, Legal Aid South Africa does not have dedicated capacity to provide its services during all the preliminary inquiries, but they do offer support in cases where it's deemed necessary for children to be legally represented um, in the preliminary inquiry stage of, of the proceedings. During the reporting period, um, 1,208 children were legally represented by legal aid in preliminary inquiries. Next slide, please. Diversion plays a a, a central role, Um, the diversion of child fingers plays a central role. Um, in the Act and the Act provides for the possibility of diversion in all matters. There is no exclusion from the possibility of diversion based solely on the nature of the offence and um, any child accused of any crime can therefore be considered for diversion if it is desirable in the circumstances. During the reporting period 2001 and 87, 87 children were diverted by the National Prosecuting Authority, and this reflects a 47.1 decrease compared to the previous reporting period. Um, The feedback from the law points um, indicated that this is due to the fact that fewer children entered the criminal justice system due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Next slide, please. Um, The the NPA also um, reports on the number of diversions before um, preliminary inquiries and during preliminary inquiries, as well as um, diversions for schedule three offences. And um, schedule three offences, in terms of the Charge Act, Justice Act, refers to the most serious offences like murder, rape, um, robbery with aggravating agri- circumstances, etc. So during the reporting period, we can once again see that there was a decline um, on the numbers of diversions during all three of these. Um, Instances um, displayed on the slide with 300 children diverted before preliminary inquiry, 1,326 during preliminary inquiry, and 69 were diverted uh, after they've committed two or three offences. Next slide, please. Thank you. Uh, The Act promotes um, the use of alternatives to detention which are in line with our constitution and the provision that children should only be be detained as a measure of last resort and for the shortest appropriate period of time. The Act um, allows for various uh, releases of children um uh, which includes bail and from this slide we can see that um, during the reporting period um, 71 percent of the children were um, released uh, uh, awaiting trial were released in the care of their parents guardians or appropriate adult with 18 percent were detained in um, child and youth care centers and 1% in um, correctional facilities. 341 were released on warning. Thank you. And if we look at the ages um, and where the the children of different ages were placed um, uh, during awaiting trial, uh, we can see that um, the one 10-year-old that were awaiting trial were released in the care of experience. Um, the majority of children that were detained um, awaiting trial in child and youth care centres were the 16 and 17 year olds and this is also applicable to those that were uh, awaiting trial in correctional facilities.
0: Next slide, please.
9: Um, the top eight charges against children awaiting trial and um, from this slide we can see that um, rape, rape um, compromised of one uh, um There were 1,024 charges of rapes against children, which contributed to 22 percent of the overall charges against children awaiting trial, and followed by um, the assault with the intent to do uh, grievous bodily harm. Um, Murder was in the third place, uh, and the contribution for murder
0: was eight percent. Thank you. So if we
9: look at the, the predominant charges allegedly committed by children awaiting trial per province, we can see that um, in the third column this picks the, the total number of cho- uh, charges uh, against children awaiting trial. And, and from that, we then looked at what is the predominant charge against children um, per province. So in Kumalanga, northwest, in purple, eastern Cape, Free State inquisition in the top, and the, the um, predominant charge contributing to the percentages on the left-hand side was rape. In Hattin, it was uh, assault with the intent to do bodily, previous bodily harm. In Northern Cape, it was housebreaking with the intent to steal and theft, which compromised of 19% of the overall um, charges. And in Western Cape, it was also assault with the intent to do previous bodily harm. And these those three charges referred to in that slide uh, compromised of 24% of the overall charges against children awaiting trial for this reporting period. Thank you. So if we then um, look into those predominant charges, and um, from the previous slide, we can see that um, rape. Right being the top charge in all the provinces that I've mentioned, that the, the uh, children who um, commit those, those, the, the most of those crimes were between 10 and 16 year olds. And then with the um the top charge against the 17 year olds was the assault with the intention to do prevent bodily harm. This is just a given indication of who uh what crimes are children committing at what ages. So that it will assist us uh, assist us in in um Uh, uh, developing interventions to ensure that we prevent children from entering um, the criminal justice or the child justice system. Next slide, please. So if we look at the um, children awaiting trial in correctional facilities, um, this is the average number of children that awaited trial in correctional facilities. During the reporting period, um, there were 49 children in, in correctional awaiting trial in correctional um, facilities, um, and it has it shows a, a, a huge decline from the period 2015-16, um, where there were 99 children awaiting trial um, in the correctional facilities. From the uh, annual report of the Department of Correctional Services, they've indicated the the, the the decrease from the implement before the imple- the numbers before the implementation of the act, and the table in the annual report can clearly show the impact that the child justice act have had on children um, uh, being detained in correctional facilities awaiting trial, as well as on sentenced children. Thank you. And the next stage and priority I'm going to focus on is trials. Um, So uh, we have um, looked at the ages of children who appeared in in Child Justice Courts during the reporting period. Uh, We can clearly see that the majority of children that were um, appearing in uh, Child Justice Courts were 16 and 17-year-olds, with only one 10-year-old and nine 11-year-old children that appeared in in Child Justice court. and um, the, the decrease in the number of children that appeared in Child Justice Court is also linked to the decrease in the number of new preliminary inquiries um, reported during the reporting period. Next
4: slide
9: please. Um, we also um, report the outcome of trials and the decline, as I stated, the decline in new preliminary inquiries then registered to the 35 percent decrease in the number of cases referred to Child Justice court, and this also impacted on the number of of um, of outcomes recorded in, in Child Justice Courts. Um, there were fewer outcomes of diversions, um, and this may be due to the fact that the diversion programs could not proceed as usual due to the COVID-related um, Restrictions. So we can see here that 125 children were convicted. Um, a number of cases were struck off the roll, some of them were withdrawn, and as I stated, the diversions also decreased. Next slide, please. Um, so uh, legal aid provides representation to children. Um, during cri- uh, trials in child justice court and section 83 of the act prohibits a child from waiving her right to legal representation when appealing before before a child justice court. Legal aid represented 4988 children um, in child justice court during the 2020 uh, 2021 reporting period. Um, so, then next we zoomed into the top eight charges that children were convicted of. Um, from this, uh, um, we can see that no children below the age of 13 were convicted of any crime in the Child Justice Court. The top charges that children were convicted of was housebreaking with the intent to steal, um, followed by... Um, by assault with the intent to do previous bodily harm. Despite the fact that rape was one of the top charges against children awaiting trial, um, uh, reflected on earlier, only 12 of them were convicted of this crime during this report period, reporting period, and this may be linked to the um, experiences, the challenges experienced by the South African
0: police laboratories regarding the delayed release of DNA reports. So um, if we then look at the the sentences that were imposed on, on children
9: um following the conviction, and we can see that um just want to keep up All right, so um in this report, um sixty-six sentences uh in sixty six um instances children were um see, uh, were uh, um, First a pus pers- sentence or a suspend uh, of the passing of a sentence or suspended sentence and this um, kind of um, sentence acts as a deterrent for children to keep on committing crime because usually the court attached conditions um, to the postponement or the suspending of the same sentence which will then come to, into operation as soon as, as soon as the child commits um, another crime. 20 children were um, sentenced to um, Compulsory residence in a child and youth care center, and 25 were sentenced to imprisonment. So, if we look at the types of um, sentences that were imposed um, on children per age, age, the majority of children sentenced to imprisonment were um, the, the 17 year olds, and two children aged 14 were sentenced to. Um, imprisonment and 80 of the 125 sentences imposed were community-based sentences, uh, which is again in line with the um, constitutional principle that children should only be detained as a measure of last resort. Thank you. Um, so then, if we look at the, um, the the top eight convictions where imprisonment were imposed, the the crimes that children committed to be. Um, Uh, 17 imprisonment. Uh, We can see that the 14-year-old was um, um, uh, sentenced to imprisonment for housebreaking with the intent to steal and theft, as well as rape. And the majority of 17-year-olds were convicted of um, housebreaking with the intent to steal, um, murder, and robbery. Um, So this just gives us as an idea of what crimes children were committed, and we. and then be um, um, uh, sentenced to imprisonment. Thank you. So if we look at this, um, the children that are um, incorrect, sentenced children that are in correctional facilities, the average number of children sentenced um, decreased from 187 in 2015-16 to 40 in 2020-2021, and this represents a decrease um, of more than 21.4%. Uh, the Department also monitors appeals and reviews through the NOP to, to ensure compliance with the provisions of the Act, especially the provisions in relation to automatic reviews for specific sentences. Um, we can see that there's been a, a reduction in the number of reviews recorded, and this may be linked then to the overall reduction in the number of trials that were finalized in child justice courts during the reporting period. Um, The South African police also reports on the um, number of charges of sexual offences allegedly committed by children. Um, We can see that um, in the reporting period 2020-2021, there were 2,175 charges of sexual assault against children, and the decrease from the previous reporting period were also linked to the decrease in the number of children. Um, that uh, entered the system through the South African Police Service. Um, in the next slide, I'm going to focus on on some of the other key priority areas. And um, the first one is um, capacity building or building of skills and capacity. Um, the Act um, Section 97 of the Act um, uh, acknowledges the importance of skills development and requires the Department of Social Development, the Department of Health, the Department of Correctional Services, as well as the South African Police to develop training um, courses with social context training so as to enable the, the personnel to deal child justice matters in an appropriate and efficient and sensitive matter so um from this slide we can um, see the numbers of training i was just to the committee that i've realized um that with um, regard to the number reported by the department of justice um, for the 2020-21, um, um, that is a mistake. Um, 132 officials were trained um, during this reporting period, and that will also then um, impact on the total um, on the slide below. But um, that is just a typing error or mistake
0: um, that crept pre- uh, in. Thank you. So um, the, uh, another key priority area is the management of uh, infrastructure for the
9: implementation of, of the app. So uh, there are currently three. One Stop Child Justice Center operational in the country. It's the arena one in the Eastern Cape. Um, the Nanguru one-stop child justice center in the Free State, and the Mathesana one-stop child justice in the Northwest. The Department of Social Development manages um, 31 child and youth care centers that have a best capacity of 2,295. Um, and children were detained in correctional facilities. um, Those awaiting trial were detained in 12 um, different centres, correctional facilities, and those that were sentenced are detained in 8 of the correctional facilities. um, The next slide is the key priority area that uh, relates to the development um, of Integrated Information Management System. Um, IJS, um, the IJS Transversal Hub uh, provides a technical integration platform for electronic exchange of information between all the various member departments. Um, And the JCPS cluster was the first cluster within government that um, pursued the interoperability Um, And the hub already provides electronic exchange of information between police, the MPA, the Department of Justice, Legal Aid, Correctional Services, and the the Department of Social Development for the purposes of child justice. (laughs) Next slide, thank you. So um, we've just highlighted some of the key achievements of of the IJS program. Um, uh, the idea isn't um, DSD completed the enhancement and the development of an updated version of the DSD mobile probation case management application. Um, they've also updated the South African uh, Police's integrated case management um, docket, um, uh, case docket management system. Um, to reflect the name, the contact number, and the estimated time of the arrival of the assigned probation officer. And this will enhance the data completeness and um, improve the monitoring to ensure that all children that are apprehended by the police are brought to the attention of the Department of Social Development for the purposes of of assessment. Um, The the mobile... um, probation case management system also or application also provides for automated escalation alerts. So to the um, DSD prevention management so uh, in cases where the, the probation officer have not um, responded in predetermined time in, in, in intervals, then the, the application will push, push a notification and the SMS will alert to supervisors of the probation offices to ensure that there is enough time for the children to be assessed before um, the cases are referred to the prosecutor for, um, for decision on whether or not to proceed with prosecute um uh, with the prosecution. And we, um, the uh, DSD, also um, manage the electronic integrations between subs and um, social development. And there is an interactive reporting dashboard that provides key metrics for the number of children that were apprehended by police and the response rate of the DSD probation
0: officers um, and supervisors in attending to these notifications. Um, in this slide, I'm going to focus on, uh, focus on some of the challenges and possible um, solutions. So, despite all the efforts that, um, that the intersectoral Committee for Child Justice have done um,
9: to eliminate discrepancies in the data and, annual, and in the annual reports, um, we, we still experience um, discrepancies, especially um, in uh, with regard to the number of children charged, the number of children assessed, the number of assessments, the, the number of children appearing in preliminary inquiries, the number of children charged and the number of children um who appeared in preliminary inquiries as well as um those who appeared in child justice courts and those were that were represented by um legal aid South Africa um to then the a few. And um, there's also um no record or it's not reported on where the prosecutor uh, made the decision uh to decline to, to prosecute before the preliminary inquiry and, and that they, um that then um uh, resulting in the children not being recorded um, in the preliminary inquiry, but nowhere else? Um, and also, what is the reasons for, for those decisions? So those are issues that, that we, um, as I said, are still grappling with. And um, uh, the, the, uh, the sectoral Committee have taken some um, steps and interventions to try and close this um, these
0: gaps, uh, which are depicted on the next slide. So um, before I, I go to the
9: interventions, um, we have established a task team to physically um, take samples um, of these cases where uh, we find uh, you know where there are discrepancies to just to try and ascertain. Uh, why these gaps exist, um, and um, in some of the cases we refer, we found that um, when a person is apprehended by the police, the person either deceives the police, uh, the the police official, or the police um, accept or estimate that this um, person that they have um, arrested or apprehended is a child, um, and then they will register that um, person as a child on the caste system, and when it Transpires that the person is in fact um, over 18 years. The, the um, caste system is not corrected to reflect the, the older age, and those um, children are continuously be- being counted as children entering into the system. We've also ascertained that um, assessments are not conducted um, before. Um, the court appearance, uh, appearance. So, what we've noticed is that in some instances, probation officers will wait at the court to see whether the prosecutor is going to proceed with the prosecution or not. And only in the cases where the prosecutor decides to proceed and refer the matter to the preliminary inquiry um, are assist- uh, assessments being done. And that can also then um, assist with um, explaining why there's such a huge discrepancy between the number of children charged and the number of assessments conducted. And um, also, as I referred to earlier, cases where prosecutors decline to prosecute before the preliminary inquiry um, are not recorded and all reported on. So because that will also um, close the gap for us to indicate, um, you know, why are few children going through a preliminary inquiries where as many of them were arrested by the police. The um starter system does also not provide for a field of knowledge prosecute or decline to prosecute um, decisions by the prosecutor. And those are then recorded when the docket comes back to the police station as cases
0: withdrawn, where in fact there was a decline to prosecute. Next slide, please. So if we look at the the interventions that um,
9: we have have, um, started to try and address these gaps, first, it's the systems integration between the integrated case management system um, child Justice module, ICMS Child Justice, and the uh, being managed by the Department of Justice and Constitutional Development, and the electronic case management system, the ECMS system, managed by the Department, uh, by the National Prosecuting Authority. So currently, there is a systems integration between police, the National Prosecuting Authority, and the Department of Justice in relation to adults entering the cr- criminal justice system. But with regard to children entering the system, um, the Department of Justice is not included in this system's in integration. So um, what this means is that cases are pushed from police and from the case system to the ECMS system of NBA, and then nothing happens because they cannot be pushed, there's no link between um, the ECMS and the, the, the ICMS child justice system for these children to be pushed through to, to the department's um, uh, case management system. Um, we have um, developed the specifications for this integration um, and um, hopefully we will be able to, to prioritise this um, in the current um, uh, in the next financial um, year, um, just because that will um, eliminate a lot of the gaps of children um, disappearing from apprehension to appearing in, in uh, preliminary inquiries. And what's the integration between police and social development in relation to the assessments being um, ensuring that the assessments are being con- conducted, we will have. Um, make huge strides then to try and and be able to to trace all these children electronically and um, through the system. And um, whilst we um, are waiting for that, we've also started with a data verification process at provincial level. And um, we, uh, as I indicated earlier, um, cases um, samples of cases are. Um, drawn from the port, the police document uh, is obtained, as well as the, the uh, information from the Department of Social Development, to see whether those cases went through all the processes and were reported by all the, the different um, stakeholders to ensure that um, that we we can account for all children moving through the system. This project is still in progress, and the provincial and um, chairpersons of the provincial structures do provide um, um, Progress reports on a quarterly basis to the national technical team, and um, to then engage in in some of the the, the gaps that they have identified and um, to close them. Uh, we have also amended the national policy framework on child justice in 2018, uh, where we have elaborated um, in great detail under each priority area um, on what um, each stakeholder. Um, should report on and what data should they should be providing in their annual reports. So I'm sure that the committee uh, having read the annual reports by the various stakeholders have noticed that there's a wealth of information available in all these annual reports and um it's 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 very um it's it's very possible to then um uh, get an idea of the, the, the crimes um, and the trends of crimes that child, children commit and the way that they move through the, the child justice system. And then, as I referred to earlier, the systems integration between police and the Department of Social Development, which will then carry the notification of
1: apprehended children to ensure that they are all assessed. Um,
0: the next slide... Maybe uh,
1: sorry, just before you proceed uh, it's, it's over an hour now, presenting. How far are you from wrapping up?
9: Thank you, Chi. Um, it's basically just two slides. I've dealt with most on this slide, so we can skip to the next slide. Okay. Thank you. So another challenge that was... Um, I noted was the um, access of police to the Diversion Register. Um, The police is currently consulting with uh, DSD to address this challenge. There's also a lack of training of police members on the act, and this will commence. It was interrupted due to COVID, but it will commence. Um, The DSD reported that there is a lack of participation of children in formal education in the uh, correctional facilities, and they uh, will be conducting an audit to find out why children are not participating in the formal education being provided, and then uh, interventions will be d- um, developed to to address this. And then also uh, DCS, because of the few children in DCS facilities, um, there is a lot of. I see in the presentation it says alone children, but it's supposed to be alone children where, um, because there's few children, they often find the situation where um, a child is being detained and is the only child in the um, facility and they have um, uh, developed a process where um, these cases can be referred back to
0: court for consideration of alternative placement where possible. Thank you, Jay. Thank
1: you, thank you for the presentation, quite, quite comprehensive, understandably so, uh, that's appreciated. Honourable members, can I invite you to interact with the presentation. I see Honourable Breitenbach, followed by Honourable Um those are the hands that I have. Uh, in that order, colleagues. Honorable Breitenberg.
4: Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Acting Chairperson, and good morning to everybody. Um, I don't have a record of the slide numbers, so I'll just ask the questions generally. Um, I'd like to know if there's some sort of record of recidivism amongst um, child offenders. And if so, what is the percentage? Um, I'd like to know what percentage of children who are referred for deviation um, or have their, I forget now what the, the, the phrase used was, but have their charges withdrawn on the basis that they don't reoffend. How many of them actually do reoffend? How, them, how many of them come back into the system as well? Um, and then I'd like some information on the um, on the time it takes from an from an arrest and uh, notification of a, a child in custody to a um, to a social worker arriving to assess the child. What is that um, time frame? And then I'd like a little bit more information about the uh, children convicted or or, or or not convicted, acquitted of, of rape, charged but not convicted. Uh, and the, the suggestion was that it may be as a result of the delay in DNA analysis from the police. Well, it may be, it may not be. What is the position? Is it as a result of the DNA? Uh, delay? Is it as a result of the analysis not being done? Is that information not available? Uh, Because if that's the case, we need to do something about it. That's totally unacceptable. Uh, But I I must say that I find it extremely worrying that we're sitting here looking at a graph of children, children under the age of 17 and some of them as young as 14, being Caught up in, in assault with intent to grievous bodily harm, murder and rape. Uh, that, is, that, is a, I mean, that is so concerning to me. Um, regardless of whether they're charged convicted, that's a that's a different issue altogether. Just how how did we get here as a society where children under the age of seven of seventeen are being or, or, busying themselves with this kind of activity. Uh, we, ne- we need to look at, at different solutions. Now, the, the the solution is not uh, putting them all in jail. We need to find a solution that prevents them from landing up there in the first place. So I'd like to hear some views on that. Thank you. Mr. Uh,
1: thank you, Honorable Breitenbach. Uh, I hope all the departments and the lead department, you're taking notes on all the issues raised because we want you to respond to all of them.
10: Uh, Honourable Holland. Yes, thank you, um, Acting Chair. Um, The the presentation firstly makes mention of an amendment to the National Policy Framework in 2018 to clearly indicate the responsibilities of all partner departments, etc. Our researchers, however, have advised that the policy framework on the website is still the one of May 2010. Um, so, well, firstly, I think it's, it's advice to the department to update it, but secondly, uh, I think given the fact that it is not a published policy framework, um, we must ask the department uh, to what extent then is there a Public Advocacy Programme to to also enable uh, those who must receive services on the back of this policy framework um, as to what they are entitled to and can expect. Um, Then, uh, in respect of the the duty uh, which uh, we were advised Acting Chair, is an absolute duty that children who are taken into uh, custody or are apprehended must be uh, must be subjected to process of a pre- preliminary assessment. Um, and bearing even the even though we bear in mind the the impact of COVID, uh, it would seem that in 2019-20, only 60% of children who were apprehended were assessed. And in the following year, this dropped to 26%. And, and uh, I think the question must be asked whether that really can be ascribed only to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, by, uh, by then, uh, obviously the lockdown levels were to the to the effect that one would assume these dSD um, service providers or uh, officials were able to perform their duties and tasks um, so one one we we must i believe ask the question uh, what is the the way forward to correct this and whether there was any uh, additional me- measures to ultimately uh, assist those children who did not go through the assessment, uh, and wh- what was the, the knock-on effect of the, those assessments not taking place. Uh, and then a la- the last question I want to ask um, Acting Chair is, is around the amendments to the Child Justice Act. Uh, the Amended regulations were tabled by the Minister yesterday and we, of course, all recall that that had to do with the amendment legislation. This committee also dealt with around the age of criminal capacity. So I want to hear from the department and and really all of the departments uh, what processes have in the meantime unfolded. I would assume they were heavily involved with the drafting of the amended regulations. And what other processes have in the meantime ensued to, to position them for immediate implementation once these regulations are approved by Parliament? Thank you.
1: Thank you, Honourable Horn. Honourable Mamatemba Maseko
8: Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. Good morning, uh, colleagues and
0: uh,
11: our. Visitors, Chair, and we welcome the presentation. Only two or three questions, Chakis, and then I have to this. The first one is directed to all the departments. Uh, we are informed that uh, the, 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 task, the technical team will be. Uh, represented by uh, officials at the senior level. I wanted to find out how senior uh, level uh, that is going to be represented. Is it the director? Is it the supervisor? Is it the managers and all that? Uh, uh, That is the first one. The second one, it is about, uh, I'm sure this one will be directed to the social development it is about the families of those children. It's more or less like the one that I asked yesterday, but this one, our, 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 do we have information as to, because we want to
0: uh,
11: uh, also manage where these children are coming from. Uh, the, the, the kind of setup of families of these children that are involved. Is it single parents, both parents, orphans uh, or children? which are child-headed families that are involved in these uh, uh, activities. Uh, Chair, I would really love to have information on that one. Lastly, Chair, it is on the challenges. Uh, I'm sure my question, my yesterday question, still stands, Chairperson. Uh, uh, I think uh, we will have going forward to monitor. Uh, the the answers that we get from the department because they don't there's a new tendency of not answering our questions and it's not uh, uh, the first time i think chair i would like the chairperson to note that because i still have that question of saying we are the lead department here and i want to know because they are going to meet as as we they have indicated that they have this technical uh, 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 committee, uh, as to how is the department going to manage that group? Because Chair, we cannot come here only to find that some other things that we have raised pre- in the previous meetings, and the department must monitor all those things and make sure that whatever that we have da- we have asked, when they come and be- bring their presentation next next time, we don't come. Uh, 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 have the same questions. Things are not, uh, uh, find that things are not done. So it is the last question that I have chair uh, 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 that talks to that in terms of the challenges. I want to uh, to see because we have we have been given the challenges and the limitations, and also corrective measures. I want to find out uh, to each uh, department at uh, that. Is it possible that we can get the turnaround uh, times on these uh, 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 corrective measures that they will be uh, uh, taking in terms of the ch- addressing the challenges emanating from from
1: uh, uh, the implementation? Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable uh, Maseko Jale. Uh, Honorable Valma Niewot Drachen.
5: Um, I'm using a different device, so I hope everybody can see me. Um, Thank you very much for the presentation. Thank you, Chair, for the opportunity. Greetings to everybody on the platform. Um, In relation to the one-stop centers, I only see three or four mentioned um, that you reported on. could you give us exactly where all the child stop centers are situated in South Africa? How many and they situate and where they are situated um and then when children are sentenced or are awaiting trial, where are they kept? Are they kept within the correctional services centers or in juvenile detention centers or in their homes um You know, maybe you can't give me that information now, but I would appreciate a written response of that. I would like to see exactly where in South Africa these children are kept, you know, and which centres, which types of centres. And then the children who are committing crimes are really getting younger and younger. And I would like to add my voice to uh, Honourable Maseko Jele's question about, you know, the the families, what kind of families do they come from, and what are their families doing when the child is, um, you know, committing a crime, you know, if, is it, the are the parents not available to supervise, um, is that when the crimes are made, what decision, or how does the social worker take the decision to release a child to the guardian's care to, um, but how do they know that the child will be under supervision? In other in other countries, uh, parents are arrested for their child, their children committing crimes. So I'd like to find out how the different departments are assisting the families, what kind of support they give, especially when the child is uh, given to is put under guardian supervision there is no mention next of the number of children uh, incarcerated and the number of years the sentences that they receive for incarceration if you could give that kind of information and then a huge concern of mine is that the children are not in formal education where they are you know when they are sentenced it is important that children go to school and uh, in the in the last term we heard about the adult prisoners achieving, you know, degrees and metrics and all of that? And how do the children, how come the children are not receiving that kind of um, opportunity? So that really has to be ensured that um, the children who are actually receiving education. And then there's a high, an alarmingly high number of children who are committing rape. Is there... Investigation or research or finding out why the children are driven to commit rape, and also are the victims also included in assessing and finding out you know how you know this their trauma and helping them to support or sorry help supporting the victims in these cases, and also what is what is being done to monitor the kind of supervision that the parents or caregivers or guardians are giving these children. And so my last question is the overall number of children who have been uh, incarcerated or charged with crimes. Uh, All the numbers that you've presented over the different reporting periods do not mention the number of children with disabilities involved. So if you could give those figures as well. Thank you very much, Chair.
1: Thank
3: you, Honourable Member. Thank you, Chair, and <clears throat> thank you for for my for pronouncing my name right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Chair, let me welcome the presentation um, and also make an indication that uh, previous speakers um, have really touched on the number of matters that I wanted to speak on. Let me finish off from what um, Honorable Velma has spoke of in terms of um, the child offenders, when they're detained or they've taken, they're taken to centers, prisons, um, are they being encouraged to go back to school? And if they are, what are the numbers that we're currently sitting with? Um, and if you find that there are those who would not want to go back to school which it's a it's a case it's a matter I raised when we're doing the oversight to say does the dcs have a system in ensuring or enforcing that um child offenders when they come to centers in centres, they are taken back to schools bearing in mind that you would have adults that that were being told that doing well and so forth and so on what happens to child offenders because of we cannot have a situation where just sitting and not going back to school and do nothing. Obviously, when they go back and be reintegrated with their communities, they have a huge chances of going back to doing the very same deed, if not more, um, before they entered in those centres. Chair, on the I would not recall on slides because when I counted the slides that the report that we were given in terms of slides does not speak or correlate with what. Um, the presentation in terms of numbering of slides. So I would leave the slides matter and I I hope um, they would be able to get from where I'm trying to raise the point. On the top 10 crimes registered on, on the stats, um, is it possible for us to get the age difference of those cases or offenders? Just to have a clear comparison of what age group um, would be doing um, has committed those, those crimes um, on the top 10 crimes that one of the slides was speaking of, Chair, um, I would also not mention the slide, because from my side, would say 14, but uh, bearing on the slides that we've been given, it might be something else. What seems to cause the delays to finalise these cases, especially those that are pending, um, the pending cases or pending matters? What becomes the delay um, for them not to be concluded? Um, i would I would i'd really want to to get um an answer on that or clarity on on that and there is a matter regarding the training and capacity building which is meant for SAPS members especially to make them understand the child justice act because you might find that in 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 police stations when kids go to 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 open cases or there's a matter that involves Um, children and so forth it gets to be treated differently by SAPS members Um, has the training or capacity building for SAPS members started if not when are they envisaging that it should take place and the timelines for that and the time frames for that because of I believe it's very crucial and important because of it starts there before it goes to the DSD it goes to the TCS and the justice system so what 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 happens and in the, within the SAPS framework, um, especially the HR system that deals with um, capacity building. On, che, on referral of remand detainees, have we started the process of identifying those alternative places, placements as, as, as what one of the slides was speaking on? Um, Have we started that alternative placement of not mixing the the remand detainees and those already convicted? Um, If not, what is the delay or remedial action to that to that aspect, Chair? Um, I've spoken on the education part. Um, I think also, honorable Velma has touched on the matter of centers um, that these kids once convicted or on remand and so forth, which which places are they being ports and so forth. I would also like to have an idea um, on that. Thanks, Jim. Thank you very much, uh, honorable member.
1: Uh, I now go back to the department, the leading department and all other stakeholders. The questions are varied and uh, might have to be answered by different uh, stakeholders. Um, Let me start with the Department of Justice and then from there you'll indicate who else must respond to questions and then members at the end might uh, want to have a follow up on, on any of the matters. Thank you. Thank you,
9: um, Chair. I will start with with the first questions uh, posed by Honorable Member Brackenbach. On the record, uh, whether we do keep record of residentialism rates and and what is the percentage, Um, and also then um, you know it's linked to the percentage of children who are um, diverted and uh, what is the percentage rate of of the reoffending and um, unfortunately we do not have that information um, currently or as yet we have not um, done a, a study or uh, an investigation to to ascertain this um, and and that is something that that we as a, um, a, a committee um, should be focusing on going forward taking into account that the act has been in operation for um, 11 years now so um, we should be um, looking at that and see how we can improve um uh, uh, you know the gaps or the reasons why children do come back to the system um whether the, the um, support and uh, interventions provided in terms of the act are, are adequate um with, um with reference to the um to the, the issue of um the DNA, the cases that uh, children that have been acquitted, etc. Um et um, under, um in the presentation I indicated that um the, the delay in the finalization of the cases may be linked to the delay um, in getting DNA results. So um, the presentation did not depict that children are being um, that children are acquitted because of the lack of DNA results. It just um, uh, contributes to the delay in the um, finalization of of the cases. And I. Um, then there was also a, um, a comment about the, the crimes that children commit, the serious crimes um that children commit. And um well, as a as a um Uh, We do know that there is a definite connection between delinquency and criminal behaviour and the abuse and neglect of children by their parents. And the abuse may be physical, emotional or sexual. And therefore uh, there should be a goal, or there is a goal, to early identification of abused and neglected children and careful sensitive handling of these cases to avoid early criminal justice interventions that could become the first in a spiral of of sanctions. Um, and then um, I also want to add that the, the um the, the gender based violence strategy also um highlights children as a target um, for interventions to ensure that these children um you know uh, have healthy relationships with um with um, other um uh, and to to, um, ensure that they don't um, perpetrate gender-based violence. Um, Exposure um, to uh, violence from early childhood and for boys it's it's, um, also being exposed to bullying bullying, um, has been identified by the National Strategic Plan on Gender-Based Violence and Femicide as one of the core drivers of gender-based violence. And um, one of the key activities included then, um, also include the adoption and out of school-based gender violence prevention programs, parenting and early childhood development programs to build non-violent and gender transformative approaches to parenting. So uh, in that regard, there is a definite need um, to, to act and to prevent children from um, committing these violent crimes, because we can see from the top crimes and um, six of the eight um, do have an element of violence so we as a as a um, society need to urgently um focus on that um, with regard to the um the the comments or the questions by honorable woman um the the national child justice um Policy framework was, uh, amended and it was tabled, um, in cabinet for noting. It was also published in the government Gazette for comments where after, um, it was finalized and then, um, you know, uh, implemented, uh, and printed and uh, distributed. We did do, um, training sessions at all the nine, um, child justice provincial fora to, um, inform um, the stakeholders of the changes and what is expected in terms of the um, uh, uh, collecting of data and the implementation of the different roles and responsibilities of of um, the various stakeholders. Um, but we will um, we will also ensure that the correct version is placed on the the website, and we will also then re- embark on more public education and awareness um, campaigns to to inform all. Um, uh, all relevant parties of the changes that have been effected to the twenty ten um, national policy um, framework. Um, the issue of um, the assessments. Um, I think um, the Department of Social Development um, will be uh, addressing the, the decrease um, in the in the number of assessments. Um, then the amendments um, to the Child Justice Act. Um, that where really the regulations was tabled um, in Parliament, and the processes um, that have since um, unfold, And I will give the South African Police Service and the NPA opportunity to also elaborate on this. But the department has developed the, the um, um, has then developed the, the regulations in consultation with the various stakeholders we uh, going through all the consultation processes, and the police then, um have the, um, the the obligation to amend the national instructions for children in conflict with the law, and the MPA the directives, and, and I think they will then inform the commi- uh, committee, the on the committee, of the progress um, in the, that regard. Um, with regard to um, the um, question by. Um, Global committee member the level of representation at the national technical intersectoral committee um, for child justice, um, we've indicated that it is senior representatives and it is um, uh, directors and in some instances chief directors that um, attend those those meetings. Um, with regard to the families um, of children who commit crime, um, the Department of Social um, uh, development will um, respond to that question And um, the, the question of document uh, new let me just see I, I write it down but i write so
0: okay um druchen um we have currently three
9: one-stop charges to send operational um, in, in the country, the one is in um, Time, it's the uh, Mongolian One Child Justice Centre. The one is in um, Kaberta, or previously PE, in the um, Eastern Cape. And the third one is Matlosana One Child Justice Centre in Klagstorp uh, in the Northwest. Um, then there was a question about uh, where children are kept while awaiting trial. Um, I will refer back to the, the presentation. We did um, provide a slide on um, where children are, are kept while awaiting trial as well as the ages. And In this slide, we indicated that um, 71% of the children awaiting trial were released into the care of their parents, um, appropriate adult or um guardian. Um, 17% were um, detained in child and youth care centers, which is being managed by the Department of Social Development. And the majority of those children were 16 and 17, uh, 16 and 17-year-olds. Um, 41 children were released on bail, 341 on warning, forty with police lookups. 49 were um, detained in correctional facilities as awaiting trial um, detainees, and uh, there were 10 16-year-olds and 33 uh, 17-year-olds that were detained in in correctional facilities during the reporting period while um, awaiting trial. Um, The next question was um, about the families again. um, and uh, you know the level of supervision that families provide and the families that these children come from. Um, this will also be um, referred to social development. Uh, the number of um, children uh, incarcerated as well as the time that they spend in incarceration will be addressed by the Department of um, Social Development. The formal um, education being provided um, in DCS facilities will be uh, also dealt with by DCS. Uh, and then um, in child and youth care centres, the Department of Basic Education is responsible for providing education in child and youth care centres. Maybe the Department of Social Development um, can uh, add some light to that. Um, and then um, uh, the Next question um, is the overall number of children with disabilities in correctional facilities with disabilities. I'm not sure um, if the department, I will really have that to the Department of Basic um, Education. Um, the uh, Honourable Committee member Ramu Poulieng also referred to the education of children and the encouragement of children in correctional facilities. Um, the the um the department of um, correctional services will will uh, also address that um the uh, the ages of the top 10 children registered on the specific slide i went through the presentation and and that information um is not um available currently but i will um uh, look at our and extract that information and then respond to the committee uh, with that um, specific information on the specific ages of, of the children who have committed the to their tom- uh, top 10 um, crimes registered while awaiting trial. And um, the delay, was in um, the finalization of cases, um, I can just here yeah, and maybe add that um, uh, will indicate that the Department of Justice have um, included uh, as a uh, key performance indicator in the um, annual performance plan, an uh, indicator focusing on the percentage of child justice um, preliminary inquiries finalised within 90 days after date of first appearance, and the the, idea, the the reasoning for that is to ensure that cases are. Um, finalized as soon as possible and that there are no undue delays in the finalization of cases. So we do monitor the finalization of preliminary inquiries and for the 2020-21 the reporting period um, the percentage of cases that were finalized within 90 days stood at um, 94%. So 94% of the preliminary inquiries uh, recorded by the Department was finalised within 90 days. Uh, If we detect delays um, in the finalisation of the cases, we... um, we bring it to the National Technical Intersectoral Committee uh, where all the stakeholders are involved because it might be due to delays in police investigation, it might be due to delays at the NPA or within the Department of Justice or with Legal Aid or with the Department of Social Development. But with that information, we are then able to pinpoint where the delays occur and then address those um, as we become aware of them to ensure that children. The cases involving children are finalised um, as soon as possible. Um, the training of the police will also then be, will be dealt with by the South African um, police, and then the referral to alternative placement was one of the um, was one of the, the challenges um, raised by the Department of Correctional Services, and I'm sure that um,
0: they will also respond to to that issue. Um, thank you, jay. Okay, thank uh, you.
12: Jill, this is um, Advocate praise Kambula. We will now be requesting the other departments then to, to respond. May I ask then uh, the NPA to start to respond to their questions? Thank you. Good morning,
5: uh, Chair and all the members. Um, could I ask that Advocate uh, Vuyo Kotelo? who manages the child justice portfolio of the NPA to um, proceed to respond to the questions. Please, thank you.
3: Thanks, advocate uh, gamwo I would like to respond to the question that was asked by Honorable Horn
7: uh, regarding um, the amendments of the of the policy directives of the of the npa based on the amendment act of the child justice i would like to say that the the directives have been amended they've been consulted with all the relevant stakeholders and within the npa now we are in a process of sending them to the minister so that they can be tabled to parliament
12: thank you honorable chair okay thank you next May we then now ask the the Department of Social Development to respond to their questions. Thank you.
8: Thank you, Chair, and thank you, Honourable Members. Um, The the first question is around the assessment. Uh, What we are saying is that the Charges Act prescribed that assessment by probation officers must be conducted within 48 hours. Uh, There are timeframes around that is for the eight hours and we do have probation officers in all the nine provinces that are there to conduct uh, those assessments and ensure that we comply with the timeframe as prescribed by the act. And then the other question is around um, what do we do with with the cases of children or what do we do with children that are not uh, necessarily assessed, Uh, do we work with them or do we assist them. The, the answer is no. We are not able to assist them because we are relying on the notification by SATs. If we don't uh, receive notification, we wouldn't know whether the child has been arrested or whether the child has committed crime. So that's why uh, earlier on, when um, I, when Dr. Charmaine was presenting, he spoke about the system issue that needs to be you know uh, resolved as soon as possible. So. We are working on the system issue as and subs. Uh, there's there's, there's a, a there's a there's a system that we are working on of notification that will ensure that at the end of the day we do get the notification on time and all the children that are that all the children that are, um, are arrested do get assessed on time. Then there's also a question around. A families to say, what do we do? Do we work with families? Or we only focus on the youth in conflict with the law. We, 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 we do, when we do the comprehensive assessment, once a child has been admitted in our facilities, we firstly draw an IDP, which stands for Individual Development Plan. That IDP talks about everything, all the needs of a child, how we're going to turn around his or her life, and then we also do, through that ITP plan, we also do family assessment because the child is not an island, um, you know, um, she comes or he comes from family. So we do family assessment to look at the state of the family and what are the needs of, of those families. Although we may not intervene comprehensively with the family, but that assessment, it helps because what we do, we then um refer them further for further intervention to the social work to our local social workers when they have that assessment then they are able to to look at the family needs and put them through the reintegration in after care services so we do work with those families although not all families are coming on board or cooperative but we try our level best to do that and there are programs that are geared towards families then the questions around um, what type of programs do we have for those children in conflict with the law who are in our facilities. We've got quite a number. We've got um, a category for education. We've got therapeutic programs where we deal with their psychic and everything. We also have education. We also have spiritual programs as well as vocational programs. And the vocational programs, those uh, programs or skills, they are accredited by various cities We're not working alone we are working with CETA to accredit those programs and make sure that once they leave our facilities, especially the sentence one, they then have a trade or they are, they are artisans. So they quite a lot of effort and time that we put around uh, those interventions. Thank you, Chair. I don't know if I've missed out anything but I think I've, I've responded to questions related to our mandate. Thank you.
1: Thank you.
12: Next. And we now um, request the Department of Corrections to respond to your questions. And maybe you may also um, make a um, level of commitment to the committee regarding the, the issue of recidivism in child offending. Thank you.
7: Thank you, thank you, Chair. Uh, for the, uh, For the Department of Correctional Services, I will first focus the the question that was asked by Mr. Horn on the amendments of the Child Justice Act and the regulations that were tabled yesterday uh, in relation to the criminal capacity. The Department of Correctional Services does not have any role uh, with regard to the, the matter on criminal capacity, though we participated in the processes. But when we read the the amendments in the act and the regulations, we didn't have any role. And then the second the the second question that I will respond to it's a, this one. We advise that we can make a written response. Check. Where are the children kept in DCS when they are sentenced? So a, a written response will be submitted. But in the annual report, which is included, a, in the tabled report, we have highlighted the facilities where the children were detained on the 31st of March uh, uh, March 2021. Uh, from time to time, we do the analysis of where the children are. As the number of children is reducing, some of the facilities that used to detain children, they no longer have those children because the numbers are really going down. So, but we will submit a return response. But for for both the remand detainees and the sentenced children, the information is included in the annual report. Then the the number of children sentenced and the number of years. With this one, I would like to request that also we submit a written information because we must request this information on all the children that we have reported uh, from our our JITO to to pull the information from the data bank. Then there was also a question on children and participating in formal education. What happened here, we discovered that there was, um, the children were not really participating in formal education. So we did an analysis of the remand detainee children and we discovered that a lot of them, when they enter into this, they were not, really involved in formal education. But then we wanted to extend this to the sentenced children. So I think we have to commit to do this analysis this year, just to check what are the causes? Why are these children not participating uh, in this formal education? So I think with the next reporting of the child justice, but it's too late now for 21 22 the, this year, because the, the year is ending, we have not done that analysis, so the analysis, but the number of centers that are detaining children have also reduced, so I've picked up that, it's Guazulina Tal, that has got the highest number, so we will just look at the centers that have got the highest number of sentenced children and then go and do the analysis of why these children. So the personnel normally interview the children themselves and check their files. So we will be able to say, why are these children not participating? But the opportunities for them to participate, they are encouraged to participate. And then let me come then to the next question. The question on recidivism. We do not have a system for for identifying recidivism in the Department of Correctional Services. The only way where we can determine the recidivism is when a person has got the SAP 69. So once we, we receive the SAP 69. So for the children that are here, we've never checked whether they do have the previous criminal records. And then there was also the question on the referral for alternative placement. The issue of the management of lone children, it was the issue that was raised when the number of children was very high. So we had a lot of lone children that were placed in several facilities. So at these ISSCJ structures, we advised that can we really look at how we manage these lone children? So I can safely say, Chair, that The number of lone children has reduced drastically because the number of children have really reduced. There are few facilities, even even if you look at the the current report, where you see only one child, especially the remand detainee children. But what happens also, because these children are going to court every 14 days, so they don't stay for quite a long time. So in terms of this report, The lone children that have been covered, they are very few. I I, I can say that in Appington female, we had one, in Cradock, one, Toyando one, and Boxback one, but they don't stay much longer. So in as much as you would have one, it's not that is the same child that has been kept over a long period of time. Because the the remaining detention population, is moving very fast. And since they go to court every 14 days, so it makes their cases to be attended to. I think, Chair, that's all from the DCS side. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Next.
12: Uh, now we will be requesting the Department of Basic Education to respond particularly on the learning programs that are offered at the child and, and youth care centers. Thank you.
7: Thank you very much,
6: Che. Um, just to respond to um, the, the issue that was raised about the um, uh, the the learning programs, I think the Department of Social Development, we touch a little bit on the on the different categories of programs that have been offered there. And the category on education and uh, the vocational program category is the one that we find intersectionality to, uh, with the Department of Social Development on. So um, previously, there was a misunderstanding in terms of the the inclusive education policy that we have as the Department of Education, which uh, previously was understood to be a a policy that looks at learners with special education needs or learners uh, living with disabilities. And so what we've done we've canvassed and really advocated for a, a, a much more clearer understanding of what the policy provisions are so that the provincial education departments understand that the inclusive education policy looks at inclusion beyond disability to also then cover uh, 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 learners or, or or children that are in conflict with the law And so what we've done is uh, to just ensure that there is at least a curriculum framework that is being provided at the childcare centers uh, for children who are in conflict with the law and to understand that if they become, um, if if they're able to uh, come back into society, then what we then do is to, um, you know, advise provincial education departments to look at a very, um, you know focused and, and deliberate reintegration process uh, especially if, if, if the children are still within that uh, school going age now the the other misinterpretation or misconception that we found was around a um, um the, the provisions of policy when it comes to compulsory education for those children younger than the age of 16. And uh, you know we've we've really managed to also dispel some of those misconceptions, and we see now uh, that there is a, a lot more uptake in in childcare centres uh, for children to take up the educational um, the educational programming. In some instances, uh, a chair we've also managed to fund. The, the educational programs uh, directly as DB, which is something that is actually we, we're not supposed to do in terms of the policy that we have. But because we understand that the right to basic education supersedes uh, all the other, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, provisions that they are, especially if those uh uh, you know provisions do stand against or or they counteract the 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 inalienable right to basic education so what we then do we you know we we then try and assist in as far as possible in some instances not all because we know that the majority of them are supported by the department of social development and ours is to really just provide that a curriculum support uh, to it, but where we know that there's slow or no uptake whatsoever of educational programming, we do make that commitment. And it's just a makeshift makeshift arrangement that we make when we provide that kind of funding. But in as far as the responsibility is concerned, it lies with the Department of Social Development. So we collaborate on the educational programs then in these centers. Thank you, Chair. Okay. Okay, thank you. And this
12: brings us to the end of the the responses to the questions, and we're ready appreciated the chairperson, the indulgence and the understanding of the fact that uh, these um, are interdepartmental reports that we are presenting and uh, so it's not the responsibility of the Department of Justice to respond to all the questions and also the fact that you have given us enough time then to present the entire reports. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. uh Honourable members, any drastic follow-ups or agent follow-ups that you want to, to do quickly? I will invite that if there are any. Uh, Honourable Masakwa Jere.
11: Thank you, Chair. I don't think that uh, I did hear answers on my questions. Uh, Chairperson, I had three questions. I requested that the department must inform us the level of the seniority of the people who are handling these issues. I have a reason why I'm saying that we are not here to tick tick the box. We want to see things happening on the ground. And we want to uh, make sure that something is happening. Number two, because... If it's anybody or any level that is not taken serious, because when when people are going to these committees, I'm say, I'm, I'm just giving a, a background of this chair. When they come back and report to their seniors, their seniors are not taking them serious. I have a reason why I'm saying who is sitting there. The second one chair, I did ask about the families. If the information is here, if it's not here, it's fine. They will give us later. But I did ask if the Sasa Department, uh, the Department of of Social Development, they do have uh, data on uh, the families of these children, uh, the the type of families, because we can't deal with the problem if we are we are not sure exactly who is handling these children at home. Chairperson, and then the third one was directed to our department. Do they have a plan? In making sure that their coordination on this department uh, 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 gives us good results. Thank you, Chair.
1: Thank you, Honorable Mamatema Masako Jere, for reminding us about those. Quickly, responses from Social Development and Justice. Okay, my sincere apology, Chair, for.
8: Forgetting to mention that yes, we do have data on the families that we have assessed, the type of families that we are dealing with. It's yes, of course, majority it's family-headed families as well as vulnerable groups, you know, where you find that maybe it's a green-headed home or it's child headed home or yeah, any other situation that makes them to, to fall under vulnerable groups. So those are the two types predominantly families
2: that we are dealing with when we do the assessment. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Honorable chair. Yes. Yeah, I'll just deal with the part of the seniority and the level of officials that are dealing with this matter. Uh, Advocate Praise Kambule is a chief director. That's the most senior professional rank in public service. She is responsible for a program called PRVG, Promotion of the Rights of Vulnerable Groups. Then underneath there is a director, Dr. Charmaine Badenhorst, who is mainly the director. And these are the colleagues who have been presenting on these issues. But then the director general of the Department of Justice and Constitutional Development chairs the Intersectoral Committee that brings the directors general of the other departments that are here. So that's the level at which these matters are being dealt with. But at operational level, of course, the senior professional is the chief director. With the director, they are all
1: senior managers in the system. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, DG. Any other additions? None. Okay, thank you. Um, with that, I think <clears throat> those are the final comments, uh, colleagues, and this uh, report presented to us. Uh, we note those areas where, and I hope the committee notes that as well, we are going to have to send us the written, detailed responses on, especially, correctional service on the issues that you committed yourself to do, and perhaps others that. Uh, wants to make sure that there's completeness in what has been asked. Uh, I think as we wrap up, it's important, I want to connect with uh, Honorable Breitenbach and Honorable Jele um, on on, on the issue that uh, we have a serious situation in our hand. Um, I think Honorable Nevo makes the point that these children are getting younger Um, and and therefore we need to understand um, is this about your family units broken down? Um, But the issue there is that uh, this is becoming more of a societal issue. There is no amount of arrest conviction that will solve this. Um, we, We need to to go beyond this. And I think Honorable Breitenberg, we share your, your shock and uneasiness about the fact that today, this is what we're talking about. Um, in a normal society, we shouldn't, but we appreciate the efforts, the serious work that all of you as these stakeholders are putting into this um, to confront this problem, but perhaps more efforts are going to be needed as Honorable Breitenbach said, around the issues of prevention. And those issues of prevention go beyond yourselves as this department. It's about how we create this awareness. Um, we we, 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 and we attend to some of the major causal issues. And and I think uh, that question that Honorable Jaleh asked he's going to tell us where the problem is. I think it's going to be important that you, you furnish us with that um, about uh, these children and their families. What is the driving force here? Is our assumption correct? That this could be li- likely of uh, broken families or what? So you are going to need to give us that so that we we'll make our own assessment as to what is it that we really need to do um, so that when we get the next annual report we don't harp on the same issues. We begin to see progress and progress is not just the resources we put in and um, the, the symptoms that we try to manage but we see a real change uh, because some of the slides and information that came here are beginning to show that we have had a decline. Uh, in, 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 the, in 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 the in the children that are getting to this space uh assessment and so on so it's 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 promising that's that that's positive i mean charges against children that have drastically declined over the years um but i think uh, the major issue is um how can we be better preventative and, and, and that's not a justice matter only, that's not a social development. Um, basic education plays a key role in terms of their own issues and syllabuses. The community in general plays a very important role because you might be receiving societal problems, social ills that are happening there and you becoming an outlet that receives these kind of issues. With that, colleagues I want us to pause there uh, and, therefore, wrap up this meeting. And then, for that, I want to thank all of you for your attendance and participation and sharing of uh, this important work. The
0: meeting is adjourned. Thank you. Thank you, Ketu. Thank you. Recording stopped.